0: Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast,
3: special Christmas edition. We are recording this Sunday night after the Thunders win over the Los Angeles Clippers. We've got the whole squad here tonight, minus Justin. You've got myself, Kamiar, Taylor, and Nick. Um, You can find us, as the intro said, I always get confused now because the intro says everything I'm supposed to say. So I just, I don't know what to do on the (laughs) podcast anymore. Check us out on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Wherever you download podcasts at, we are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, so go give them a follow as well, at Blue Wire Pods, Gentlemen, how's it going?
2: Jacob used to give us a spot to intro ourselves, and now he just takes it for himself, and he's selfish, and he deserves a lump of coal in his stocking. <laughs> this is Kamiro, by the way. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming <laughs> to the podcast.
3: Uh, well, with that let's uh <laughs> let's great. go Thank ahead you. and and talk about thunder versus clippers the thunder have now won four straight games they are nine and three since thanksgiving and this clip yeah this clippers game yeah another game in the books this week where they come back from nearly 20 down to beat paul george in his return to oklahoma city uh thoughts on the games guys
4: I mean, I'm pretty sure this makes us the second-best team in the West now, right? Right behind the Lakers. When the
2: Thunder went down 18, I said, (laughs) oh, yeah, we got them right where we want them. And
4: sure Sure enough, enough, (laughs) when Nick says to the
2: group, there's a very small chance of the Thunder winning, they win by eight or six or whatever.
1: This team forgot how to tank.
2: No, they don't (laughs) forget. Like, they just... They just yeah, don't they, want they, to. They get there like, yeah. "Hey, we're tanking. We're down by twenty or 18. and then like, "Nah, let's just just go ahead and win." So then they they'd rather win because, as Chris Paul said, "Losing is for the birds," is what my grandpa says also about soda. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs>
1: um,
3: so so it was tonight, pretty impressive win, uh, one eighteen to one twelve. I don't know about you guys. I thought that the turning point in this game. I mean, the Thunder had it pretty close. But, but the spot where they really just took over was the challenge call from Billy Donovan on the Montrez Harrell uh, and one, which erased the, the, yep. the call, got overturned, got turned into an offensive foul by Harrell. So wiped the basket off the books, no and one, saved the Thunder three points. I think they came down and scored a basket right after that. And that just, to me, it just completely changed the, the flow of the game and the Thunder really, really closed out strong.
1: Yeah, that was that was a turning yeah, well, point. I didn't see happening, but now that I'm looking back, you're probably right. Momentum was you know in their favor. Big and one, it kind of felt like a dagger, and then once it got overturned, this team never turned back and and went all gas, no breaks.
4: A cool side note about that is uh, at the time of the challenge, Royce tweeted out that the Thunder bench was kind of the ones who I think who alerted Billy to that. Um, which is kind of cool. Like, they were very adamant about it, and so Billy looked into it. He decided to call the coach's challenge, and sure enough, it ended up being like a turning point for the entire game, Um, which, you know, I I find really cool because it seems like this team has such great chemistry. We see that over and over again, particularly over this past week. Um, And so I thought that was interesting. A fun little side note from Royce there. Definitely. So dominating the paint 60-40? to
3: That's pretty impressive on a team against a team that has Montrezl Harrell. And that Montrez Harrell, yeah. Lou Williams pick and roll is and, is incredibly dangerous, and I thought the Thunder did a really really good job tonight. Um, I mean, how many points did the Clippers have in the second half? Um, less than fifty. They had forty nine points in the second half after having 63 and in the first half, right? Which is which is wow. pretty impressive. So Danilo Gallinari, a late scratch from the starting lineup tonight. Well, uh, nobody knew. Like people on press row were like. Why are they announcing Darius Baisley as the starter? Baisley comes in, has seven points on three of five shooting, eight rebounds, two assists, and two steals. Personally, just from all around, an all around like holistic view of the of the game of basketball, shooting, dribbling, passing, defending, rebounding, um, knowing where to be off the ball, etc. I thought tonight was Baisley's best game. He, he's had better scoring games, he, he's had better rebounding games. He had one possession where he guarded Paul George isolation and did a really damn good job. Uh, moved his feet, stayed in front of him, kept his arms out, didn't jump on the pump fake. Um, he he is he's up and down like an, any
4: 19-year-old in the NBA is going to be, but tonight from Baisley was really encouraging for me. One of my favorite things um, from Baisley tonight that I noticed was just him putting the ball down or putting the ball on the floor uh, with ag- aggression. Uh, he was aggressive, and, but also he was looking for others. He was able to make plays after, uh, you know, one or two dribbles. He would look <clears throat> be able to make some incredible passes, whether it was to Shea or Steven down low. And just his decision-making is something that really sticks out to me. I know we've talked about it before, you know, it's kind of something that has, I think, stood out to all of us uh, watching Baisley so far this year his decision-making is really special for somebody at his size and, uh, and his age. I think that's something he really can build on. And I'm really impressed by his ball handling in general. Um, I think he's really strong with the ball, which leads to some of these, uh, the ability to make some of these decisions. And then, uh, I think a highlight that stuck out to me from the first quarter, very beginning of the game. He, I, I forgot who threw the ball to him on a fast break, but he takes two long leaps with those super long legs and just dunks. That was, a monster yeah, position, which one of the most aggressive fun. moves I've <laughs>
3: seen from Baisley this year. Um, which was, again, really encouraging that, that he feels confident and aggressive enough to catch that on the break, take two dribbles, and just yam it on somebody. Um, so so really good. Speaking of aggressiveness, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Woo! two nights in a row, 32 points apiece. Uh, two stats I tweeted out about Shea tonight. Uh, against the Bulls on Monday, Shea had just seven points on three field goal attempts. The rest of the week against Memphis Phoenix, the Clippers – he totaled 84 points on 59 shots, almost 20 shots a game, uh, an average of about 21 points a game. Um, sorry, not 21, 26 points a game. Uh, just really, really exploded uh, the rest of the week. Kamir, what, what's the the difference you've seen in Shea from, from when we all, I think, probably accurately determined that he was struggling a bit to what he's done these past three nights?
2: He has been looking for his shot more often instead of being very passive and just giving it up to Dennis and or CP3. Instead, he's going to go to the rim um, and regardless of if he gets the call or not, which he doesn't get the call, still maybe he'll get those superstar calls or maybe he'll just get the benefit of the doubt that Jamal Murray even gets, you know, maybe next year because he gets fouled so often and he gets no calls. But he just putting his head down, going to the rim or just you know tonight, hell, he just. He was looking for a shot in the mid-range. Step back. He had a step-back three that was nasty. Another. Ooh, that step that, back three, oh, that step-back three had me sweat. Oh my god! Like, and he gets so much lift on a shot that it just drops down like perfectly. Yeah, something that made me. Just, just a couple things about the night is that, you know, Paul George. People were talking about booing him. Like, I really don't care about booing Paul. He, he, he was in OKC for you know basically a year and a half. Like, it wasn't anything special, and he was hurt both years. And uh, the fans, I guess, cheered him, which is cool. You um, know, I mean, it didn't. It wouldn't make sense to boo him unless you're Indiana. Uh, but in the, his return to OKC, Shea Gillis Alexander, 32, five and three on 48%, PG, 18 points, three assists, two rebounds on 35%. So uh, feels good to have a, uh, you know, SGA and OKC. It's a big time, and he matched his career high in points, 32 points again. Yep.
3: And Kamiar, you were talking about Shea not getting those superstar foul calls. Dude, um, he, he, so he
2: would get forty a game if he got those foul calls. Like even if Donald he got the Mitchell same, it's that if, true. Yeah.
3: So in November, Shea drew two point eight fouls per game. He got fouled two point eight times per game, uh, for an average of three free throw attempts per game in November. December, he's drawing five point eight fouls per game and averaging six point six free throws attempts a game. So, both of those numbers doubled from November to December. Still not uh, maybe as high as you want them, but it seems like he's been more aggressive driving to the basket. He's been drawing the whistle more and more. Uh, and that's a trend that that I think all of us kind of hope to see continue.
2: And that's a part of his being more aggressive and getting to the basket because he's so long that it's hard not to foul exactly. the man. So, I mean, it's just like, you know, Giannis or anybody else is just incredibly lanky that, you know, when guys go up to, Contest a shot, there's a chance they're actually just going to end up hitting him on the wrist because he has very long arms. So, he should be end up shooting like eight, nine free throws a game and not just because he's like drawing fouls like James Harden because that's half of Harden's game is to figure out how he can get you into fouling him. It's just the man is stretching out for layups because he doesn't really dunk the ball that often and he gets fouled a lot and he gets like there's like, can you think of how often the ratio is when he goes up for a layup that he ends up on the ground. Like it's, it's gotta be half. It's gotta be half the time, right? Like, but he doesn't yeah. get the call half the time. And he's not faking it. Like he literally gets bumped off the rim. So I mean, I'm complaining, and they just came off a four game win streak and he just had a he matches career high, but he deserves more foul calls, but it's just because he's in his second year.
3: Totally agreed. Totally True. agreed. Last thing on this game I want to bring up uh before we move on is Dennis Schroeder who we've been talking about it. The guy is playing literally the best basketball probably of his life right now. Uh, He's just been incredible. Again tonight, he drops 28 points uh, and really takes over for the Thunder down the stretch. Um, Just kind of got it going in the fourth quarter, and and the Thunder rode him to a victory. Tonight's game probably featured the top three in six-man-of-the-year competition, uh, which would be Schroeder. Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams. Harrell had 18 points. Lou Will had twenty two. Schroeder had twenty-eight. Leads Schreuder me to want to ask all three of fourth. you. Do what?
2: Schroeder at sixteen in the fourth quarter. He, he was almost, he Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he he went nuts. If you guys had to cast a sixth man of the year vote right now, does it go to Dennis Schroeder?
4: I would give it to him. I mean, obviously. Uh, i'm very biased but just from watching him like i have i don't see a six man putting up these stats putting up these numbers and doing what shooter's doing uh even lou and and harrell you know um i would definitely give it to him i think so i go
1: harrell you know as, as good as shooter's been harrell is a, a freaking monster dude he's insane
4: I would would... give it
2: to Schroeder just because, I mean, Lou Will's won it. Like, you look at the guys that's won six-man of the year, and it's been the same people over and over. I mean, if it's not Crawford, then it became Lou Will. And, I mean, like, Dennis Schroeder is a catalyst for this team almost every night. He's really a big difference between if they win or lose. And, of course, if, you know, you have Gallinari, who's a late scratch, and Dennis, you know, he goes off, like, what, 28 points. And, like, you just don't have guys off the bench that can do that many other places. So I would give it to Dennis Schroeder. But, I mean, that's of right now. I feel like he's going to be starting for
4: another team by the end of the season because he's been really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm curious what press he's going to be able to get for him if he decides to trade him. Schroeder up to
3: 34% from three. I tweeted this out earlier. But in December, shooting
4: 42% from three. Uh, which is pretty impressive for Dennis that's huge. So okay. Also, I know we want to move on really quick, but I feel like we have to quickly at least mention Stephen Adams twenty point seventeen. Yeah, he pounds. was he was a monster. He he, he went done. straight at
3: Zubac multiple times, or as Michael Cage would say, Zubatch.
4: <laughs> Gosh, OKC played Zubac off Zubac the floor. and Don, Don, OKC Donzig. played him off the floor. Yep,
3: yep. He he couldn't handle. Yep. You know, one of my favorite things Stephen Adams does. So obviously, you get an offensive foul for like. Just like shoving somebody, but Steven pushes guys with the basketball. Have you guys noticed that? Like he'll get down low, people will yeah, get on him. Ball, and he'll take the yeah. ball with both hands and he'll put it in someone else's gut and he'll like shove them backwards with the ball and then bring the ball back in and go up and dunk it. And it's one of my favorite things ever.
4: It's just like a He's has such a great basketball. Yeah, he's I mean that's such a high IQ. He's really, play. really
3: smart. Okay, so since Thanksgiving, Thunder are nine and three. They've been playing some damn good basketball, currently sitting at seventh in the Western Conference, a full game and a half up on the Portland Trailblazers, three games behind the Utah Jazz. Guys, is this team, We obviously there's there's the chance of trades, uh, Gallo, Schroeder, uh, we're going to talk about Steven Adams in a moment, uh, and, and Noel, others. With, with all that still up in the air the way this team is playing right now is this team gonna make the playoffs
2: as currently constructed they would but we'll see what happens with trades i i i think you can't really you can't really decide that i mean like i was just talking about before we got on the podcast that OKC is like what three full games or three and a half four full, full games up um off the night of ninth place and that's you know that's a pretty good deal being over a quarter of the way through the season you're like what 28 games in now um, and they're
3: through that difficult stretch of the season too.
2: Yeah, and and so yeah. and the team is developing continuity, and they're developing a lot of guess, stability, and to where they're actually starting to win games um, that they they really should, and win games maybe that they even shouldn't. Um, so I mean, as currently constructed, yeah, they should definitely make the playoffs, and it wouldn't surprise me if they even caught like the sixth seed if they if they made the playoffs and if they if they were currently constructed. But with Gallinari, maybe out the door if, if Pressy doesn't get what he wants and Schroeder probably out the door. And we're going to talk about Steven Adams in a bit. Like you can't, I can't tell like this team could be, have a fire sale in February and it could look so different and this team could end up a, a lottery team in the top, top 10. So as of now, yes, but I don't know the future. Like, like anybody else does.
1: Yeah, I agree. If, if this team were to, to ride it out through the end of the season, barring injuries, I think there's a good chance there'd be a, a seven or an eight seed. I kind of have a, a spinoff question. As of right now, if, let's say, the All-Star game was this weekend, did the Thunder have an All-Star?
4: No. I don't think so either. Probably not in the West. Chris Paul's, like, up there the way he's played this season, but I don't think he makes it just because of how stacked the is. Yeah, I mean, look at all the
3: guards in the West. I don't see how Chris Paul makes it um, over the the backcourt in Houston, the backcourt in Portland, Uh, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, um, Drew Holiday, There's just, you know, the, um, what I just, Jamal Murray in Denver, um, Lou Williams. There's just, there's so many guys that it's just so hard to make it in the West. So hard. True.
4: Now, okay, I'm going to go with a little bit of a different approach here. Um, I think that the Thunder can still potentially make the playoffs, even if they do have a somewhat of a fire cell at the trade deadline. And I say that because I don't think they're they are not going to be able to trade Dennis, Chris Paul, Stephen Adams, and Gallo all at the trade deadline, right? Like, more likely than not, two or three of those players are going to make it until the end of the year. But with that being said, let's just take the most likely of those candidates to be traded, probably Gallinari. What you're going to get in return for him, or even for Stephen for that matter, like, you're going to have to match salaries, which in return will get the Thunder player like a – um, I think John Ham, like on the Dream Team, threw out like Thonmaker, for example. I think that's a really good example because you're going to get a player in return who's going to be able to contribute, and because of that, <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to make the Thunder all that much worse, and therefore, when you look at like the standings right now, the Thunder are three games back from the sixth-place Utah Jazz and only uh, four games back from the fifth-place Mavericks, and they are a game and a half up on the Blazers at eighth and still ahead of the Kings, Spurs, Suns. I think there's a good chance this team will make the playoffs regardless, which is pretty crazy to think. But when you take into consideration like the strength of the schedule, like you mentioned earlier, Jacob, like there's a really good chance that regardless of the trades that happen, this team, unless they just, like I said, Presty's able to trade everybody at the trade headline, there's a good chance the Thunder could still make the playoffs. It's
3: it's an interesting idea. It's an interesting discussion. We know in the past Presti has um, wanted to let teams – maximize their potential and and give a competitive team a chance to see how far they can push it. I mean, he did that in the, in the Russell Westbrook MVP year going out and, and making a trade for Taj Gibson and Doug McDermott. He wanted to give that team a a, a group of competitors, the best chance they could to, to see how far they could push it. I wonder wonder if, if this season will be the same, same. but we all mentioned, I've I've got a scary
1: stat before we move on. Okay. Okay. So basketball reference has a, uh, running live, like, playoff probability report they do. Yep. And yep. as of right now, today as we're recording this after the Clippers win, uh, basketball reference has Oklahoma City as an 86.1% chance to make the playoffs.
3: Wow. Ooh.
2: That's impressive. constructed.
3: Yeah, that's the big thing. So, speaking of that. yep, that's a good point. Report, uh, quote-unquote, report came out today in The Athletic. That the Atlanta Hawks organization um, would have interest in Stephen Adams. The way the article read, uh, basically, the the reporter got a quote from somebody inside the Atlanta organization saying that internally they've talked about possibly making a push to try to trade for Stephen Adams. Uh, that doesn't mean that the two teams have talked. Doesn't mean they haven't talked. But it it seemed from the report that it's just Atlanta, the Atlanta front office has discussed is Steven Adams a guy we should target? And, and their answer has come to a probably yes. So let's talk about this for a second, guys, because we chatted all afternoon about what a Steven Adams to Atlanta trade would look like if it could even happen. Um, Nick, I know you had kind of a lot of thoughts on this, so I, I guess we'll let you start off. Uh, what do you think about a Steven Adams Atlanta Hawks trade? Hawks
1: trade. Uh, it's interesting, you know, Trey Young has, has made it very <clears throat> clear that he's looking for immediate help, obviously, I think John Collins comes back, I want to say tomorrow, um, so that'll be that'll be good for him, but, but they're That's still big. looking for some more help, he's kind of frustrated, you know, early in his career there, looking to, to win games and stuff, so... I think Oklahoma City has a lot of leverage. I've I've seen a lot of people try to say that you know Oklahoma City would dump Stephen Adams just for for salary. Uh, I don't think that's the case. Sorry, <laughs> you good. <laughs> but uh, I mean obviously it's going to come down to salary filler, and obviously the the Hawks have three guys that could could make that work, and Chandler Parsons, Alan Crabb, and uh, Evan Turner. All three of those guys are expiring on on larger contracts. It comes down to. Outside of filling that that contract void, what does Oklahoma City get in return? And you've got the options, you know, of a 2020 pick, a future pick, young guys like Cam Reddish or DeAndre Hunter, who I think is probably off limits. Um, So I'll go ahead and just kind of revert this back to you guys. What are your what are your thoughts on on those options as assets in return, and kind of rank those um, among you know picks and young players that you'd prefer to have.
3: I think, and and we talked about this a little bit earlier today, but it's an interesting conundrum because a lot of people say this 2020 draft class isn't that great. And so even getting a good pick in the 2020 draft class is like, eh, I don't really know. There's really no one that separated themselves at the top of this draft, but Atlanta's going to suck this year. And if you get their pick this year, chances are it's going to be a top 10 pick. Or you could ask for their, I don't know, like their 2023 pick, which is way down the line. The 2023 class might be really good. But in 2023 with Trey Young, with, with John Collins, and with Steven Adams, Atlanta could be a really good team, and that pick ends up being like pick number 23 or 24. So you have an interesting conundrum there of, of what is more valuable, the, the possibility of something in the future or the more certainty of something right now. Uh, and then you have those young guys. I probably agree with you. They they traded up to get DeAndre Hunter. Uh, I don't think you could trade to get him. Cam Reddish is an interesting piece. I don't know if he's gettable either, though. Uh, taken so high in the draft, they probably have high expectations for him. Um, but but in that that idea of those those draft picks, I think I would prefer a like a top three protected twenty twenty pick from Atlanta versus uh, like a top two protected in 2023, just because I don't think Atlanta's going to be really bad in 2023.
4: Yeah, no, I agree with you. But, you, Jacob, you mentioned the uh, conundrum. I think there's also a conundrum with what is Steven Adams actually worth. Now, to us, as Thunder fans, and probably Sam Presti as well, we know he's worth – like like what we've been talking about, right? Like a young promising player plus a matching salary in return or a decent first-round draft pick, um, a matching salary in return for Steven Adams. Where I think there's other execs. And for example, I listened to the NBA show, the Ringer NBA show, um, and Kevin O'Connor and um, Chris Vernon are on, I guess, Tuesday and Fridays. And uh, KOC has mentioned this a couple different times. How he feels like Steven's contract is so large that, you know, I think there's some people who might even feel that Thunder would have to attach an asset to that. So, like, where, I guess, where does that actually fall? Like, are teams going to, like, maybe a team like Atlanta, for example, would be like, yeah... We'll give you Chandler Parsons' his matching salary and then uh, we think a two thousand twenty three or two thousand twenty four draft first round draft pick when we are probably gonna be really good is worth it is probably fair value for Steven because of his large contract. Or is Presley able to persuade them and say, no, look how Steven's been playing over the past couple of weeks now that he's healthy. He's great. He's going to transform your culture and your organization, and we need another asset in return for him as well. So it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how where, where teams fall. Definitely, guess, it, and and we heard, we
3: heard back early in the season that the Thunder's asking price for Adams over the summer was draft compensation, young player, and cap relief. And I think that's completely unrealistic. Right. You're not getting... All three right. of those things. I think you're lucky if you get. You're really, really lucky if you get two of those things, uh, and you're most likely getting one of those things. Um, Kamier, do you have any thoughts on uh, on these Adams to Atlanta rumors?
2: I swear to God, it better not happen. <laughs> That's my thoughts. I'm,
3: I'm with you. I uh, I would give my life for Stephen Adams. It would make me really, really sad Agreed. to see him trade.
4: I love Stephen. He's a solid dude. He's my favorite. Solid
3: guy. Uh, Speaking of Steven Adams, uh, Monday after the Chicago Bulls game, uh, Taylor talked about this on his post-game podcast that night, but Steven Adams went to the free throw line in the final seconds of that game to try to ice it. And afterwards, he was on the Fox Sports Oklahoma um, immediate interview after the game and had uh, something interesting to say about his free throw attempts. Uh, here it is. How did
0: this feel? Free
3: throw shooting has been such a key for you this season. How did it feel to hit that one
0: and then make the heads-up
3: play after? Yeah, I absolutely shit my pants. <laughs> and I shoot it up. <laughs> Steve absolutely <laughs> shit his He's pants on those final free throws of the game. Uh, so, question for you guys. When is the last time, literally or figuratively, that you shit your pants.
4: So you said figuratively, which helps me out a lot here because I have like <laughs> a perfect example of this that sticks with that stuck with me ever since I was little. And Nick's also from Owasa, Oklahoma, so he will uh, probably remember this. But back in the day, in good old small town Owasso, before it like exploded into the Owasso it is today, um, by the newest Walmart, the Walmart Supercenter that they had built at that time, it was fairly new. On the side of the highway 169, and and it, it was safe. There's like a little area um, between the highway and the street where there's a huge hill, basically. So whenever whenever it would snow, everybody would take their kids, or you know, a big group of kids would get together and go sledding. And so my dad took me to go sledding on this particular um, snow that Oklahoma got. And I, I want to say I was probably like seven or eight at this point. I was probably like you know first second grade, and I just remember. You know, I, I hiked back up the hill. My dad was pushing me down the hill. And anyways, at one point, he pushed me, and I start, I got going really fast. And I was, like, having fun. I was excited. But some other little kid, little S-H-I-T, decides to jump in front of me as, and, like, not paying attention, just trying to hike back up the hill. And I literally just think that, like, my life flashed in front <laughs> of my eyes at the ripe age of eight. And I think I'm going to take this kid out, and I'm going to come back with, like, a broken collarbone or something. I literally like gulp. <laughs> it's like in the movies where you get that yep. gulp, and uh, yeah, I, I figuratively shit my pants <laughs> at that time, thinking I was going to take out this kid who wasn't paying attention, out, and we both were going to come up with broken bones. Thankfully, he looked last minute and like leaps, like Superman leaps. Oh, so you didn't take was him was able out, to get out of the way. I didn't take him out. I even way. closed my eyes. I closed my eyes and everything. But yeah, it, it was a, uh, it was close. That was a close Nick, call.
3: Nick, last time you figuratively or literally I shit, shit your shit pants.
1: pants. So this is probably a cop-out answer, but I'm living on recency bias here. Um, I'm not kidding when I say, so it was, I forget if it was a Friday or Saturday night, I was out with some friends uh, here in Dallas, actually at Frisco, um, at the Dallas Cowboys headquarters at the Star, and I'm sitting there enjoying my night, you know, talking Thunder basketball to some friends, all that kind of stuff, and my phone lights up, and it says... Paul George has been traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. And I thought I was getting punked at first, like like thought you had ba- one too many drinks. Or or ba- Barry or Barry McCockiner somehow stole Woj's Twitter account. I didn't know what was going on, but I I'm not good old Barry. There's <laughs> Barry McCockiner. There's not many things that rattle me, you know, but I I legit was like in shock. The rest of that night I didn't know what was going on like
3: I remember, I remember you, you tried to call me like, like three times. I was dead asleep in Boston <laughs> at the time <laughs> at like two thirty a.m.
1: I was I was shocked. I was literally <laughs> yeah. shocked.
4: It was just it was just me, Nick, and Kami are in the group chat, just like blowing up our Slack and like Justin and Jacob. I think yeah. we're both asleep. I, just I, I think Justin mind. woke I up. I was like sending all kinds of messages because uh, I was. Yeah, it was I I saw it first. That's what it was. Call me your saw first. It was trying to wake all of us up. Then I woke up, and then Nick, like, saw it. And then so us three. But yeah, and then Nick tried calling Jacob like four times. I was dead asleep night.
3: up in Tulsa. Uh. Or not Tulsa, <laughs> sorry, Boston. They're a little bit farther northeast. Or
4: Bo- yeah, that's, yeah.
3: Call yeah. me when yeah. When's the last time you literally Let's or figuratively shit your pants?
2: So uh, the last time I actually did was when I was a toddler, but I'll give you a figuratively one. Um. <clears throat> I'm the only one who's gonna go with a literal sh- sh- pants yes, sh- literal. A lot of us can keep our poop in our butts, I guess, <laughs> Jacob. Uh, but so, anyways, so I'm a nerd. Uh, in high school, I was in band, and uh, I was a I was a drum major of the marching band, um, and that was cool and stuff. And like, we got I got to stand on like roughly a uh, this thing's like seven six and a half.
4: Oh yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Like the super, it's almost like a yeah, ladder. Yeah, or something. well,
2: it's like a six and a half foot, seven foot, like podium sort of deal.
4: Like a platform.
2: Yep. Yeah, and um, and it, we had like an 8 a.m. rehearsal, and I was so tired because it was the summer, and I had stayed up to like three in the morning playing video games. So I was like, "What do I need to drink so I like so I can uh, stay awake during this rehearsal?" And it's really hot out. So first I. Uh, I combined a I I I combined, I joined downhill real a Mountain quick. We've got amp. a chemist over here. Yeah. I, I drank a Mountain <laughs> Dew amp, which was an energy drink. And then I combined a Red Bull and oh, a, God. And a blue Gatorade, which made the Gatorade turn green, actually. And I drank that. Oh,
3: I thought you meant you just drank all three. You literally put them all in one container and mixed (laughs) that bitch up. I
2: drank the Mountain Dew Amps separately, but the Red Bull and the Gatorade were together. (laughs) And so I was like, I was ready to go. Um, And then... um, even I though, bet
3: you've never felt as alive as you did that. I morning. felt,
2: I felt, calm over here, like making like yeah, liquid. I felt meth. pretty alive, and then <laughs> during the middle of rehearsal, actually, I think it was the end of rehearsal, because uh, our band director said like, "All right, we're good." And I instead of like climbing off, because there's like a, a couple ladders on to, off to the side. Instead of doing that, I was like, hey, I'm going to do the cool thing and jump off this six and a half foot, seven foot podium. And I jumped, <laughs> do a triple back I jumped back off <laughs> and like, I don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, like I couldn't see anything but black, and my heartbeat started going. My heartbeat went up really fast, and I thought, I literally thought in my mind for like a five seconds, "This is the end. This is the end. I'm going to die of a heart attack on the fucking on on the on the on the field during marching band practice." But I'm here, yeah. so <laughs> I wouldn't recommend making. <laughs> you survive. Drink Gatorade cocktails <laughs> to any teenager or person that is listening <laughs> to this podcast. But it was good; it was delicious.
3: Man, I read this story a while back of this this teenager who died from drinking like a two liter of Mountain Dew, a coffee from McDonald's, uh, and Goodies. an energy drink all within like an hour. And basically had a caffeine overdose and his heart exploded because it was beating too fast.
2: Yeah, that's what I felt Goodness. like. Can Holy you
3: imagine crap. the caffeine high right before you die on that, though? Like, like I was, holy think,
2: shit! Like, I was thinking, oh my gosh, like this is how it ends in my home. Okay,
4: so that's what I was going to ask you, Comer. When did you? What at what point did you actually like almost poop your pants? Was it like because of all the ridiculous caffeine? No, shit it you was. Had, or was it because I was, was going to die? It was when
2: I jumped, I thought I, I yeah. was going gotcha, to. I literally gotcha. thought I was going um, to fear? die on the football field, and I was like, I'm about to die in front of a <laughs> of my Did you stick the jumper? Did
3: you? Did you like?
2: No, I landed it. on my feet, but I, I as soon as I got, you know, like as soon as I landed, anything like I'm like. My vision just went black, and my heart started like beating really deep and heavy. It was like, oh, my God, I'm about to die.
3: Uh, that's a good story. Uh, all right, so mine is also yeah. from back in high school. Um, one day for lunch, <laughs> we decided to go to Church's Chicken. And, uh, that was a good idea. This was the day that I tried the uh, the Church's Spicy Tenders. And they were really good, and I really enjoyed them, and uh, it was a good lunch, and uh, we went back to school, and then I went home, and the next day, I wake up, and I go to first hour, and my second hour was outside of the building, way out at the football facility for weightlifting. So I go through first hour, everything's going fine, it's like the middle of December, it was right, actually right around this time of year, right before Christmas break, and so the first hour bell rings, I think first hour was chemistry, uh so I get up, I, I grab my bag and I start heading out to the football field uh to to the the practice facility so I can go to weightlifting class. And right as I exited my first hour classroom, um it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh and I I just I, I <laughs> felt my guts and I was like, "Oh no. <laughs> this ain't good." Uh and I have a phobia of like pooping in public. I just don't like doing it, like, especially in high school, like, with a bunch of other high school kids, like, in the bathroom. So, I started thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? I got to go home. Like, this is going to be bad. I, 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 can't, I can't do this one in public. I got to get out of here. So, I, instead of going to class, I go out to my car, and at this point, like, it's bad. And so, I get in the car, and I probably live, like, four miles away from the high school, so I start driving home, and it's probably like 25 degrees outside. It's freaking cold, and I am sweating like I've just ran like 20 miles. And like I, dude, I hit the gas. I was going like 80 miles an hour down the street. Oh my god! It was like my whole body was cold, and then my asshole felt like it was on fire.
2: Oh, and I, I'm <laughs> no, just like, what's that? whoa, dude. <laughs> okay.
3: I am just like booking it to my house. I got home. I didn't even turn the engine in the car off. I just bailed out the door and like sprinted to the front door and got inside. Luckily, I made it to the toilet in time. And you ever watch those videos of like when the space shuttle takes off? You know what I'm talking about? And all the fire shoots out? <laughs> I know where you're going with yes, like this. Yes, aware. Yeah. What? That's, yeah. that's what I felt <laughs> like, dude. It was it was so bad. Like, I literally almost shit my pants. Like, I already had my pants, like, down to my knees when I was at the front door. <laughs> Mom, you open up. up. I spit everywhere right now. It's over my laptop. Like, it was so bad that after I was done... I didn't even put my pants on. I just moved my ass <laughs> Dude, from the toilet stop. to the bathtub so I could splash <laughs> some cold water up there because, like, I thought I had burns.
2: We need to mute you. Oh, my. We're going to lose so many followers right now. Oh it was God. the
3: worst experience we're of my get life. Like a
2: five to uh. one star reviews because of your explicit, like, oh, God. I, um.
3: Uh. I've only had Church's Spicy Chicken once since that day, and it was like a year and a half ago. And the next morning, my fiance and I went shopping at Target, and halfway through our list, I stopped pushing the cart, and I looked at her, and I just said, (laughs) we got to go home. (laughs) And she said, can you not just go to the bathroom here? And I, no, we got to leave. (laughs) I'm going to get put on an FBI watch list if I go here.
4: I was going to say, I'll never be be allowed back in Target. (laughs) We got to go. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> uh,
3: it, was a, it was a bad experience. It uh, was the
2: worst. The worst. All right. Well, hey,
3: one more Thunder thing before we move on. Uh, in the spirit of Christmas, I want us to uh, come up with some gifts that a Thunder player would give to the rest of the team. Um, an example being whenever Chris Paul had custom-fitted suits made for the whole entire team. He gave the, the entire team like suits for Christmas. Um we have all created uh, a few ideas and so let's just go around and share those real quick what is a gift that one of the thunder players would give their entire rest of their team for christmas i got us some nice little christmas background music to go with this all
2: right
4: well. <laughs> that's awesome all right so
3: let's go here i'll get us started off here um mine is stephen adams is going to gift uh, just raw meat to the rest of his team for Christmas. He's going to show up with like a bunch caveman. of like raw steaks and yeah, just like caveman mm-hmm.
2: shit. Mm-hmm. All right. I got that's the next one. one. Andre Robertson is going to supply everybody with element water since that's the only thing he does these days.
4: It's <laughs> element water yep. rep. That's a good I like one. it. I've got Shay. Um, he's going to gift everybody on the team. Some Kobe's, some Kobe shoes. A lot of Kobe's. Whole lot of Kobe's. That's a good one. A
1: good one. All right. I'll go. Uh, our guy Musky, is going to give out his newest mixtape for the holidays that he just started recording uh, a couple weekends ago.
4: <laughs> Slim Shady.
3: I've missed the old eight mile <laughs> Musky from uh, from his Philly days. Uh, my next one I've got Darius Baisley. And based off his Instagram, Darius Baisley is going to have uh, custom Fortnite skins made for all of his teammates and gift that out for Christmas.
4: <laughs> That's pretty good.
2: I've got one, and this one is just very special. It's from a player to a player. Um, CP3 is going to buy Terrence Ferguson some confidence. Um, the man just, he, he gets a ball and he's wide open. He stops shooting it and looks for somebody else. So uh, get some confidence,
3: buddy. That's a good one. We could all use a little extra confidence, except for Taylor. Taylor, who, who's your next one? <laughs>
4: So my next one is Gallo. And that man wears all kinds of turtlenecks. He's going to gift everybody on the team a turtleneck. And it's actually yeah, starting to style, man. Uh, kind of pick up. Yeah, right. It's kind of starting to pick up with the team. See Shea and Schroeder wearing the turtlenecks. Chris Paul's worn, worn one. Maddie Lee would be uh, very, very happy.
1: I'm going to go uh, Dennis Schroeder next. Uh, you guys remember those commercials when we were kids for the the Just for Men hair dye Dennis Schroeder is going to get <laughs> yes. blonde hair bleach kits for the yes. entire team oh so they can all have God. golden that patches. That is awesome. That's a, that's Steve, a Steven's that going to have,
2: yeah, going down through the ponytail. Love it. Oh my goodness. Who else would look really good with a blonde streak in their hair? I think
3: Shay would actually look pretty good.
2: Shay would probably would be pretty good. Yeah. that Wiz Khalifa.
3: <laughs>
2: the Wiz.
3: Nerlens. Yep. Netherlands They're would be all, right. be all right. Um, uh, may have to,
1: worry, may have to worry. worry about
2: Mia Khalifa with this team. <laughs> Abdul Nader. One hundred percent. Oh, he'd look so bad Nader. with it. He look good. are, you what are you talking about?
3: I think uh, Muskie should just do his enhi- entire, entire head bleached. Head
2: bleached. Yep. yep.
1: We should do a. We should do a, a podcast. Uh, a bet one of these days, and the loser has to get a golden patch.
2: All right. I'm down. I'm down. Yes. I'm down. That's awesome.
3: All right, anybody else giving out any Christmas gifts?
2: Nope. I'm broke.
3: All righty. Well, guys, let's uh let's take a trip around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> All right, Great let's founder. start off. Oh, so good every time. Thursday night Lakers versus Bucks. Potential finals preview. Um, did you number one did you guys watch the game? Number two, thoughts on the game. Number three, after Giannis hits that 3, he acts like he puts the crown on his head. Uh, pretty deliberate motion for LeBron James, quote, the king, right? That LeBron, uh, that Giannis is taking the crown mm-hmm. from LeBron um just overall thoughts on on the Giannis versus LeBron um the Bucks winning the game really looking like the best team in the NBA right now um a potential finals preview for this just what do you guys got just just spill it out
1: first because I didn't get to watch it I was at Mika Sina. yeah actually neither I did
3: I I was I was, I was, at, Star I was Wars. at Star Wars
1: yeah if you're if you're from the Dallas area you know Mika Sina has long wait times it was uh
4: uh, Tulsa has a Mikasina too. A Mika oh, too. I love Mika love, nice. love Mika on 15th yeah, okay. Street, so I, Street. I waited
1: an hour and a half to get a table so I didn't get to watch Holy it. Holy crap. But uh from what I could gather, it was the highest watched uh, NBA game since opening night, so that's that's good news for the league. Um and from the highlights I saw, you know, it was a really, really good game. But I think the whole Giannis taking the crown is more than just that game. Um, you know, Giannis, you know, having a good game there isn't the end-all be-all for him kind of taking the crown and being the best player in the NBA I think that's that's been a, a thing that's been going on all season but on that note I do think Giannis is clearly the best player in the NBA so it's his time to take the crown and do with it what he will
4: I mean I think the thing that stuck out the most for me from that game um, Giannis specifically that man was pulling up from half court, Steph Curry threes, and just draining them. He was taking three, you know, one dribble, pulling up from three, hitting everything from outside. If Giannis can develop a reliable three point shot, I don't know what the hell you do to defend him. I mean, that man hands no. down will be the best player in the entire league, right? Exactly. I, there's no stopping him. Um, so that was, I mean, seeing him do that, put just having a all round. Well, no, I don't want to say perfect, but it was close to it. You know, perfect offensive game. He just. Uh, it was it was impressive. If he can continue to develop and hone in on it all, that outside shot, there's not much you can do. I that I dude think, just turned
3: 25 years old, yeah. by the way.
4: I think Giannis oh, needs to crazy. chill out. That's I think so Giannis crazy. Needs to
2: chill out. Like, has Giannis ever been to a finals? No. Shut the hell up, then, and don't crown yourself something that you've never even been to a finals game. Uh, so no, he's not the king <laughs> now. I don't know if it's a finals. I don't know if it's a finals preview because there's so much I can change between now. And you know, the May or April or wherever the hell it happens, Um,
4: especially with February injuries, trade deadlines, deadlines,
2: all that good stuff. Um, No, it's not. I think I don't know. Like the Bucks need to get past Boston. He's been playing a lot better, um, even though Boston needs a center. Um, But yeah, I I mean, it could be a Finals preview. I mean, it's going to be a Finals preview before the Milwaukee and one of the teams in Los Angeles. And regardless, uh, I yeah, I, I think Giannis needs to humble himself a little bit. Like I think he's I think his head's a little bit full. Like that's the king, and they have Anthony Davis. And you know your five point win or whatever is not something special. Now if you would have blown the mountain in L.A., that's something different. But a close game, are you? And on the regular season, like get out of here with that crap and go play seven straight games, and we'll see who's gonna you know he's who's who's gonna be the real king. Because I guarantee you, Braun would body him
3: hey, I'm I'm here and ready to sign up for seven games of Braun versus Giannis oh, in, Ju- in June. Heck yes. Braun would um, body him. Talk you about
2: dense You realize back. how dense Braun's body is? Like, look at him as a rookie and look at him now. The guy has been able to last us long because he adds so much muscle to his body, whether or not he's using... Thick with two C's. Whether or not he's using oh, yeah. PEDs, because uh, <laughs> like, there's no way... Like You look at him, his rookie year, and look at him now, the guy, like went from, like, a ninja motorcycle to freaking, like, souped-up freaking Hummer. Like, I don't get it, but, like, he's put on so much muscle to keep himself on the court um, because he's not getting injured because he is so much more, basically, extra, like, bulk. Um, so, like... Maybe he's on those OU yeah, roids, yeah. those Perkins roids. No, uh, no, these NBA players, they, they smoke weed, but I don't think do they're using PEDs, unless you're Braun. Um, but, I mean, it's just... I. Give me Giannis and Braun in the post, and Braun will abuse this man. He's just so dense, and Giannis is all talk. I mean, Giannis is great. Don't get me wrong. He's the MVP, but uh, he needs to simmer down. He hasn't won anything.
3: Giannis is shooting a better three-point percentage than Dennis Schroeder on nearly the same attempts per game. That stat just kind of surprised crazy. me a bit. I mean, yeah. yeah. He's the MVP. Like he, he should be. has been be. decent. Yeah, 31 yep. Yep. points, 13 rebounds, five and a half assists over a steal and a block a game, shooting 34% from three, 65% from two. Just insane. He's He's been wow absolutely, absolutely incredible. Um, okay, uh, any more Lakers versus Bucks talk, guys? No. Okay, uh, so in order to save time on the podcast, let's uh, let's move on. Another Christmas-themed uh, section for this podcast is now let's talk about Christmas wish lists. Uh, what are some things that some teams or some players are asking Santa Claus for for Christmas this year? Um, let's get our music going again. I'll start us off. Uh, the Port- this has been stuck in my head the, ever since. We the played Portland Trailblazers <laughs> are asking Santa for some wings this Christmas because uh, Melo and Kent Bazemore—it's uh, not going to cut it. It's not going to get them in the playoffs. They—they're uh, asking Santa. They need a nice
4: uh, six-eight perimeter wing underneath the tree this Christmas. So I've got one similar to that. Uh, that Calm Air actually just mentioned here fairly recently. So this is a uh, this is good. The Celtics are definitely asking Santa for a center. I like it.
2: I I've like got it. One um, after Russell Westbrook's most recent bout with Patrick Beverly, he is hoping that Pat Beverly has actually poops himself during a basketball game, and you could see it <laughs> through the white shorts. <laughs>
3: pull a uh, pull an That's old good. Paul Pierce.
2: Old Paul Pierce where he gets yeah. carted off the floor and he actually just poops. <laughs>
3: Uh, so Paul Pierce absolutely, saying, absolutely shit, his, shit pants. his pants.
2: It sounds like
1: Portland is very, very needy this year because they've also asked Santa for some uh, some medical help. They've got a lot of guys that are injured and they would like to finish out the season a little bit more healthy.
3: Nice. Uh, the New York Knicks have written a letter to Santa. Uh, they want a new owner. <laughs> because James Dolan is a damn idiot.
2: I've got one. Uh, Billy Donovan's asking for an extension because of the great job he's done so far this year. Hey! Oh, that's a good I one. I like it. Too.
4: That's a really oh, good yeah. yeah. Bobby Marks. Bobby Marks tweeted out after the game today that uh, Billy should be considered coach of the, or, probably, should have a consideration for Coach of the Year. Um, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. And they were asking for a consistent outside shooter because they really missed J.J. Redick. Definitely, oh, definitely. The, the Cleveland God, Did you guys see Kevin
3: O'Connor's, Kevin O'Connor's tweet uh, just bashing Ben
4: Simmons the other day? Oh, my gosh. About Ben Simmons, that was hilarious. He went. Kevin takes that so personal, too, because he's, like, very pro Ben Simmons. I've got, a, he, I've got another he went, one. He went in. Like. Yeah, another go for one. it.
2: Um, the team trainers would like to buy boxing gloves and headgear for Deontay Burton and Dennis Schroeder, <laughs> just in case they get to another <laughs> bout after the game. <laughs> uh, dang, that's dang. a good one. The
1: the Cleveland Cavaliers have sent a note to the North Pole asking for somebody to please take Kevin Love.
2: <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants him after he him had him his up. soul taken from him from Jaw Moran. Oh uh, my god. From from ja. yeah. Jaw almost wow. Jaw taken from Jaw. From oh. Jaw. Uh
3: New Orleans Pelicans fans are all riding to Santa Claus tonight. Uh, they want a healthy Zion and a decent <laughs> team for Christmas because they true. suck right now, and that's kind of surprising. They lost to the Warriors
2: right now. How about this? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I, just it may, might just be a blanket statement. Yep.
1: Oh, also, I'm um, getting word from league sources that Sam Presti has asked Santa Claus for more first round picks. All the first
4: true. Round picks. All the first round picks. It's true. So I have one, and we actually uh, we mentioned this also earlier in the podcast. But my guy Trey Young, Boomer Sooner, he's just asking for help. Yeah. Help my man out on the Hawks.
2: He dropped forty the other night, forty something, and still yeah. lost. It's like the old Steph Curry days <laughs> when you just let him go crazy. That's true. That's a yep. good point. Yep.
3: Uh, anybody else writing to Santa Claus tonight, guys?
2: Um, I'm I'm personally writing to Santa Claus. So Taylor what do you want stop, for Christmas, Kamiar? Taylor, um, I'm running so that Nick will stop being a liar and saying that I like Frozen. Uh, that is <laughs> not my movie of choice, but that—that's what he said a few <laughs> weeks ago on the podcast, and I have not forgotten. So, that's my Christmas <laughs> wish.
3: Nick, what are you writing to <laughs> North Pole North Pole for for Christmas, <laughs> for Christmas this year?
1: Um, I'm really hoping that Kamiar stops taking naps.
2: <laughs> naps are important
3: <laughs> no. to
4: your that will circadian never rhythm, buddy.
3: That will never ever happen, Taylor. What are you writing to Santa Claus for Christmas?
4: Oh man, um, I want a top five draft pick. Oh, yeah, Santa, please and mm-hmm. thank you.
2: Very <laughs> nice. What do you want for Christmas tree?
4: Um, that's a good question. What was that woman's for voice for
3: Christmas? I want. I know. Yeah, I want that voice. Um. <laughs> Oh, oh hey, I don't know we said that. Uh, I want this song to end for Christmas.
1: Okay. And for us to wrap up
3: this podcast. No, you know what I want for Christmas? I want all of our listeners to go onto iTunes and drop a five-star rating.
2: They're not going to do that Boom. after your story. They, they probably made them laugh and they like us now. They're going to give us a two-star rating for number two. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right guys to close this out before we end this podcast uh you know i have to end it with a little bit more christmas talk three days till christmas uh two days probably if you're uh, if you're listening because you're probably listening on a on monday or maybe on christmas eve if so merry christmas eve what is your biggest christmas conspiracy theory i asked you guys this uh i hope you took some time to come up with one uh so so what christmas conspiracy theory do you guys have
1: I've got a good one here. Um, all right, let's all right, hear it. Let's hear it. It's, it's not the most popular, and I... I are are, are you a conspiracy theorist, theorist,
3: theorist in general, in general Nick?
1: Nick? No, I'm not. Um, but I think this one might be true. Uh, I've been doing a lot of research. <laughs> says, um, says all says conspiracy all theorists. <laughs> true. I'm convinced <laughs> that Santa's not real.
3: Oh, okay, Ooh. what the hell? We got kids you take that in the back. car listening to this podcast. The kids, trying. sometimes people are idiots. Uh, don't listen to Nick.
2: <laughs> See? He's a liar. I'm telling you
4: guys. And nobody <laughs> listens to me. Fair.
2: So yeah. Santa's not
3: gonna bring you your gift anymore, Nick. You bastard. <laughs> Jesus
2: <laughs> Christ. Oh, he, he might bring gifts. you a gift though. He gives yeah, he gives the gifts. <laughs>
4: So I don't really have – mine's not too good. I just kind of came up with one really fast since I was kind of last-minute jumping on the pod. Uh, So I'll go ahead and and give mine out because I feel like your twos are probably pretty good. Um, So mine is that we decided to celebrate Jesus' birthday regardless of whether you believe in that or not. It's okay. But uh, Christmas – we decided to celebrate Christmas on the 25th because it was very close to the beginning of the new year, which meant that people could take off a full week of work. Hey, I like it. That is why we celebrate Christmas on the 25th.
3: I like it. (laughs) I got
4: one. You ready for it ready for spaghetti ready.
2: santa claus I, had, I wrote it down and, it, and i had a lots of arrows it's very elaborate santa claus is actually a homeless man working for the government trying to spy on people the cia supplies santa with maybe a place to live in some reindeer that can fly and um people give him his food and drink his cookies and milk um and um, it's really hard for uh, you know a homeless man to push a hard bargain because if he's getting a place to stay some a place to drive and he's getting uh, some, <laughs> some cookies food, and milk gets can't to stock push up a stock hard for bargain the, yeah for the if year. you're homeless so that's why it explains the beard and that explains the why he's so dirty usually it explains a lot of things and you know he's spying on you I like it. So so mine's like kind of that. in the That's
3: good. in the same realm there. Uh you guys familiar with the Christmas movie Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the old claymation movie? It's got yeah, Rudolph, oh yeah, it's got definitely. the the elf that wants Island to be of the, the, the dentist. Misfit toys. You got the Island of Misfit yep, Toys. Yep. Yes. Um so Snow Monster. That movie came out in December of 1964. All so right. Here
2: my mom was born.
3: So here is my conspiracy theory Is that this movie uh, Was actually created by the US government As propaganda Because Rudolph um, He's bullied in this movie Because he's got the red nose His dad tries to cover it up Then his dad kicks him out of the house And makes him leave All the other reindeer make fun of him Rudolph has no place in society He is kicked out He is segregated And in 1964 The United States is going through The civil rights movement Trying to desegregate the south and so this movie was actually created by the U.S. federal government um, under the Lyndon B. Johnson administration in order to convince people that segregation is wrong and that they need to pass the Civil Rights Movement or the Civil Rights Act of 1967. Oh, that's good.
4: That's really good. That's good stuff.
3: Tell me I'm wrong.
4: You're wrong. Santa's You're homeless. Lost
3: to me. Hey, ours kind of go hand in hand. Santa, one hundred percent NSA worker.
2: Yep, I agree. One hundred percent spying. All, all right, the guys. Kids. Ooh, I've got another good one. Okay, but it's not I'm a conspiracy here for it. theory. It's just talking about when I used to work at Target. You ready for it? Kamiar
1: mm-hmm. um, from Target.
2: Yeah, come from Target. Um, well, so there's a good one where you, have you, are you guys familiar with the with the concept of Elf on a Shelf? Oh yeah, that was around before elf my time.
3: Whenever I was a kid, I never had an elf on the shelf. Yeah.
2: Whenever I was a kid, but I but, know but either, I know what but it is. They made a comeback. So elf on the shelf, for those that don't know what it is, is like where parents can buy this thing. There's there's books and actually small DVDs about it now. If you're too lazy to read, um, and what uh, what you can what parents do is with they have youngsters in their house. They hide this elf or they put it out just like randomly, like maybe you you put it on the banister, and each night. Yeah, you move the elf to a different place, and the kid's like, "Wow, well, how does this elf move?" And the mom or dad's like, "Well, just moving around while you, you know at night, and it watches you to make sure—that's kind of creepy. Watches you to make sure you're not doing bad things, and it reports to Santa, so it keeps yeah it goes to Santa good. every night
3: and comes back yep. to a different spot, right?
2: And yeah, and then so, but what I started to do at Target because that's you know I worked at an undergrad and I was super like uh, sarcastic. And I wanted to make a lot – I observed a lot of things that I thought were hilarious and saw a lot of Karens. And um, I started to, like, look at the demographics of people that bought the uh, Elf on a Shelf. And it came – it all came to a head at one point where, you know, it's like three days before Christmas. And these folks, um, presumably a Karen, they went and they said, hey, you know, I know this is the last second and everybody else didn't have any, but do you guys have any Elves on a Shelf? And I smiled. I was like, "Yes, we yes we do have a couple elves on a shelf." And I took them to the back of the store to where we had the last supply of elves on a shelf. And um, I was like, "Here you go." And I handed them the box. And they opened the box just like because you know, it's one of the, those magnetic things where you can see inside without actually opening it. And the elf on a shelf was indeed an African American female elf on a shelf. And um, they were like they you know they they did one of those Ooh, do you have any different elves on a shelf and i was like uh and i i looked at them and i said is there is there anything wrong with this one it's it's not broken or it doesn't look appear, it doesn't appear to be damaged they're like no just do you have any other ones and i was like we might have a boy one oh. and like uh, they're like well i don't never mind thank you and they're like they just gave it back i handed it back and i was like racist people on christmas season yeah so yeah so are those elves Goodness. on like
3: the top shelf on target because i can imagine a child going into target and seeing like 500 elves for sale and like perceiving it as slavery
2: though this is awkward um <laughs> it's there's so like i don't know how it is now but you go and it's like they're in several spots, you know, uh, back in the toys, like their own end caps and they're on the walls. And there's there's lots of them they can choose from unless it's till the very end, because the demographic that buys Elf on a shelf are not minority people, minority parents. I'm just throwing that out there. Their names <laughs> are Becky and Chris. Yes. Uh, I gotcha. All so,
3: right, guys. Any other any other Thunder thoughts um, before thunder we get thoughts. out of here?
2: um if the thunder trade steven adams i'm going to uh be depressed
4: yeah also yep i guess this team's just going to continuously come back from 20 plus points every game and hey i'm here for it it's
3: been fun so far well
4: guys um first
3: off this is our last podcast before christmas uh, the Thunder do not play until December 26th. So from all of us here at The Uncontested to uh, whether it's your first time listening to us or you've rode along with us all year long, uh, we want to wish you guys uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Hope you guys have a great, great, great holiday. Enjoy your time off work, if you have off work, hopefully. And uh, and and just thank you guys so much for for listening to us, to su- for supporting us. Um, some exciting news, we will be at Thunder Practice tomorrow. So if you follow us on any of our social platforms, we will have videos and pictures and and all of that good stuff from the Thunder Practice Facility Monday afternoon. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, If you haven't already, all we want for Christmas is some five-star ratings on that iTunes. So if you're in the giving mood, just go and click five stars. We're at 115 right now. Uh, If we could get that number up, that that would mean a ton to us. I think that's all I got. Have a great, great holiday. We will be back with you guys on the night of the 26th for the Thunder postgame podcast. Until then, happy holidays and Thunder Up.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.